face be glad in and we rejoice in you Lord we lift you up we magnify you we extol you we say glory to your name we thank you Father we bless you for giving us an opportunity to hear your word so that we can be preserved in the day of trouble we can be led by your spirit led into good success every day that we live on this earth so we thank you father we bless you and we praise you for this in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 so praise god amen so the baby knows his feet are still at the bottom of his ankles and uh, he rejoices in that every time he sees them. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. So, amen. Miss Clyde had to leave him with a babysitter. I guess he said, let me see if them people took my feet from me. Said, well, they still down there. Glory. Hallelujah. So, babies even have something to praise God for. So, amen. <laughs> so, anyway. So, um, I thought I would give us a word for our time. Amen. A word for our time. Because we are living in an age, it's a very unusual age, but it's not new to God's people. It's the, the way that this age is constructed, it's, it's bringing us, uh, the, the opportunity, I would say, to seek God for the meaning of events that we see in the earth today. At least I do. I want to know the spiritual significance of the things that I observe every single day. Uh, many people think that a lot of what they hear coming from the mouths of politicians is political only. But we know that there is a spirit behind every uh, uh, idea, every uh, facet of declaration, and every proposed um, uh, bill or whatever uh, you know that our legislators legislate. There is a spiritual force driving that because the prince of this world still has a lease on this earth. Amen. And he reigns in the powers of the heavenlies in the air right above uh, the atmosphere that we live in. And so there is great influence by spiritual forces uh, as far as this nation is concerned. And so we as believers have to get in there with the Holy Ghost and start separating out the spiritual and find out what what's driving a lot of what we see versus what people seem to observe in the natural and that is the strict political uh ramifications or or uh political front that's there um, the devil uses uh deception and he uses secrecy and hiding to do his work because he is invisible he works in the invisible realm and he will influence the minds and the hearts of men and so that it looks like a natural occurrence to the naked eye. But the believer and the intercessor and the watchman has to go beyond that superficial level and find out the spiritual forces that are driving what we see in the natural. And uh, I was reading through the word and I, I uh, came to the book of Jeremiah and I found some stark similarities and how God dealt with people back in the day 
uh, and with where we are right now in our history. So it's always good to get your pattern or your groundwork out of the word of God. If I can't verify what I teach you through the word or you can't see by revelation the similarity, the concept and how it fits in, it's not going to help us very much. And so in Jeremiah chapter 7 Verse 1, it says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts and the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. So what he's saying is, I'm giving you a chance, amen, to come to me and make changes. You have to make some changes in order to please God. Trust you not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave your fathers forever and ever. So God says you're, you have an inheritance, but you got to straighten up here because you've gone uh, uh, um, astray from what I gave you to do. You gave gone astray from obedience. He says, "Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit you. You trust in lying words that cannot profit you." Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely and burn incense to Baal and walk after the gods whom you don't know? And come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say we are delivered to do all these abominations? In this house which is called by my name has it become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold even I have seen it says the Lord. But go you now unto my place which is in Shiloh where I set my name at the first and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. The reference I have here is 1 Samuel 4.10. So let me go over there real quick. I think that was the place of, well let's see, 1 Samuel 4.10. I don't need to guess at anything. I can find it. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> First Samuel four ten. And the Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten, and they fled every man to his tent. So God allowed the enemy to to chase his people off, and there was great slaughter, for there fell of Israel thirty thousand footmen. Amen. Thirty thousand. So this was was during one of the uh backslidden areas in Israel. So if you look at first Samuel, it's the first few chapters. So Eli the priest was in charge then. This was before Samuel raised up the school of the prophets to teach the people right and wrong. 
You know that's all God's ever done through his ministers. That's our job is to teach people the difference between right and wrong. It's so simple. If you don't know that difference and you don't live it consistently. It doesn't do us any good to teach you about healing. About money. About prospering. About anything else. Because you'll never get it from God. If you don't live right. And know that, that there is a difference between right and wrong. Bible says the teachers were raised up to teach the people the holy from the profane. And really people do need teaching. Because I know I need it. I've needed it ever since the first day I was saved. I didn't know how to live for God. And I thought well I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I felt like a failure because I did so many things wrong. But then I decided when something inside me, the Holy Spirit kept tugging me to learn more, learn more, learn more. Learn of me, the Bible says. And that's what we do and that's what we're doing. And so God says, I'm going to repeat what I did back at, at Shiloh where I sent my name at first and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spoke to you, rising up early and speaking, but you didn't hear me. I called you, but you did not answer. Now, I'm going to point out some things uh, later uh, in this dispensation, in this current atmosphere that we're living in now, how God is speaking to people and they don't hear him. Amen. Because they are wedded to a concept. They are wedded to a philosophy. They are wedded to an ideology. They are wedded to an identity that they refuse to let go of. And see this is how we lose our footing with God. We don't just get mad at God and quit serving him. I've heard people say that. But I don't really buy it. And let me tell you why. We all get disappointed. Because we don't get a prayer answered. But the majority of people don't fall out with God because they don't get something from him. There's something else in their heart that they love more that keeps them away from God. Because you got a God in there somewhere and you're worshiping it. So don't give me this baloney about uh, this happened to you, that happened and I just got mad at God. That's a lie. There's something else in people that they love more. Which causes them not to really ever know how to love God to begin with. So my thing is they never loved him to begin with. They're religious. They just walked among us. And walked among God's people. But their heart was never in it. Once your heart's in something you don't abandon it. But see people guard their hearts from God. We got our hearts from the right thing and open our hearts up to stupid stuff. So he says here, he says, therefore I'll do this. Do unto this house, verse 14, which is called by my name, wherein you trust. And unto the place which I gave you and your fathers as I've done to Shiloh. I'll cast you out of my sight. As I've cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. Therefore pray not for you this people. In other words, I'm done with hearing about intercession for the backslider. Uh huh. He said, quit it. And he says, don't lift up or cry or make a prayer for them and don't make intercession to me because I won't hear you. So there does come a time. 
where God will cease. You can tell what it is because you quit feeling de- de- uh, led to pray for certain people. You forget, you'll see a name written down and just go and read that prayer and forget even that name that's sitting up there. So God takes care of that by the leading of or unleading of the Holy Spirit. He says, see that, see that thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of, don't you see what these people are doing? The fathers, the children gather wood and the fathers kindle a fire and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings to other gods that they may provoke me to anger. So when we do things like serve, uh, uh, support people that support abortion, we speak up for them, we vote for them. When we go to their rallies, when we go and, and attend these little group things and all that kind of stuff, that provokes God to anger against us. So we can no longer say, well, I, I only support this that they talk about and not that, that that. No, you can't do that. You don't separate it out. You either for God or you're against God. Huh? So the real test in this day and age is abortion question. That's the tester for Christians. And it's not just that you, well, I don't support abortion. you got to prove it. You gotta prove it. You can't say, well, I believe in the right to life and do nothing to support it. What kind of faith is that? Huh? We pray against abortion, but we vote for people whose party platform supports it. So what good is your prayer? It's not even supported with action. Huh? Because people are being brainwashed into thinking that people who are anti-abortion are racist, homophobic, and all these other things. So there's a constant brainwashing of people against the will of God. There's hatred being spewed against people who are anti-abortion. People are being maligned because they are are defending innocent blood. They are defending innocent life. And there are certain people that don't want to have that said about them. They don't want to handle the persecution that comes with serving God. Well this is a light affliction compared to what our brothers and sisters in persecuted nations go through. They get arrested. Look at people in Venezuela. Now we can't let that happen down there because it's too close to home. We already got Cuba that's been locked up against people forever. Now we got Venezuela trying to lock itself up. And we got people in this country promoting socialism and communism in our own government. Wanting to overthrow our government. And yet there are people who sit there who call themselves Christians who support these people knowing that they're now they've escalated. They're going to take, let that baby be born and then decide to kill it. You think Satan won't do that? He's, he's defying God again. And so I think God allows this to warn his people. He said, look, I have told you these people are baby killers and quit supporting them wherever it is. And so people are going to have to stop this nonsense. You've got to take a stand for something. 
And I mean every single day. You can't let your name be found on on welfare rolls. You can't let your name be found on rolls of people who support and promote this kind of thing. And people are saying, well, how did it get to this point? Listen, it's been bad. You just haven't been taking a stand against it. Now it's in your face bad. And God's allowing it to give his people one more chance to denounce this stuff and walk away from it and have nothing else to do with it if you want to be right with God. So it's come to that. It's always been that way. You support people who support murder, your name is on the list because it will eventually come to your door. You know, they when the Nazis started, first it was, oh, it's just the Jews, and then it was the sympathizers with the Jews. So that if you got on the list of sympathizers, how'd you get on that list? Somebody just decided they didn't like you and turned your name in. Then they start coming for the Christians. Then they start coming for everybody. Why? Because nobody ever voiced a, a word of opposition against it when it was them you were going after. We thought it didn't affect us. Now it's me. Do you think the devil's going to stop with, with helpless babies in the womb? Start locking you up and putting you away somewhere. So God is warning his people you better get on my side and you better get on my side quickly because you ain't got a lot of time. And he says here he says uh, they make cakes to the queen of heaven. They offer offerings. In other words I give you money. I give you uh, a job. I give you goods and then you put that money into somebody else's some other God's hand. Amen. He says in verse 19, do they provoke me to anger? Said, Do they not provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces? Therefore thus saith the Lord God, behold my anger and my fury shall be poured out upon this place. Upon man, beasts, trees, fruit, it shall burn and shall not be quenched. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, put your burnt offerings into your sacrifices and you eat it. In other words, I don't honor it anymore. Now you can tithe, you can make offerings, you can do all that. But I told you in the past, if there's sin in your life, go make that sin right first and then I'll receive the offering. And God's saying that again to us. He's always saying that to people. But he's saying it more and louder even now. Verse 22, for I spoke not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. So God is saying this, your burnt offerings and sacrifices won't save you. Your giving won't save you. Your offerings won't save you if your heart's not right. He said, I brought you out of Egypt and you never made a sacrifice in in your life. And I showed you the greatest mercy you've ever received. Didn't we all get saved by faith and not works? Did you have to give anything to a church to get salvation into your heart? No you didn't. Your salvation was free of charge. We're in Jeremiah chapter 8. 7. Okay. Jeremiah 7. 
he says 23 but this thing I commanded them saying obey my voice and I'll be your God. Do what I tell you to do without exceptions and I'll be your God and you'll be my people. Walk in the ways that I've commanded you so it'll be well with you. If you don't walk in my ways it will not be well with you. But they didn't listen. And didn't incline their ear but they walked in the counsels and the imagination of their evil heart and went backward not forward. So what people are doing now is they're just doing what they want to do. Whatever their heart tells them is right that's what they think is right. That's how you can get a young man to lie and cause police resources to be squandered. And get all this attention. His little evil heart is telling him that he can get a lot of attention for this. And his life will go forward and it will be wonderful. See the devil's lied to him. Once the devil lies to you, you think everybody, you're the, you think you're the smartest person in the world. And that everybody else is stupid. And so once you start down that road, there's and there's no turning back for you. You'll do something that to, to a discerning person is obviously a lie, but you continue to say it. Now, right now, he's denying he's done anything wrong. I didn't do that. That's not true. All this, well, it's been exposed already. The people in authority have already exposed it. And decided what actually happened. And they're not happy about it. Who do you think you are to command resources like that for something that's obviously a lie and a hoax? He says... Verse 25, since the day that your fathers came forth out of Egypt to this day, I've even sent you all my servants, the prophets, rising daily and sending them. In other words, God's telling you, I have worked with you and tried to show you what the truth is. Yet they hearken not to me. So I've got prophets out there who are supposed to be working for me that won't tell my people the truth. Uh Uh-huh. Right. He says, I get them up early. I give them a message. By the time they get to you, they've twisted it around. God's going to bless you with a house. He's going to bless you with a. See, they can't get beyond the level of personal prophecy to begin to declare what's going on in the heavenlies because they refuse to leave that. Because it's serving them. He said they didn't listen to me, didn't incline their ear, but they hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore you'll speak all these words to them, but they will not listen to you. You shall also call on them, but they will not answer you. But you shall say to them, this is a nation that obeys not the voice of the Lord their God and doesn't receive correction. See, I see a lot of people arguing, getting picking in fights and getting in fights with people about who they vote for. Now this is nonsense. Your vote has always been personal between you and nobody will beat you up. You know, we're back worse than we were 
before the 60s when they passed voting rights laws where they couldn't keep you from voting and make all these stupid rules up to keep you from it's even worse now because people will not only malign you call you stupid i've seen christians on facebook calling people stupid because they vote for certain people you understand what i'm saying see you're not to call your brother names those are blood-bought people but see we throw all of that away because now we've gotten angry because something has gone off in us like a little ticking time bomb where the enemy planted this iniquity in people he planted this hatred in people he planted this he's infected people with this rampant hatred and it's continually being fed by propaganda that comes through the airwaves because it's not news anymore when it when it only shows one side it's no longer news it's called propaganda and so we are being propagandized and many people don't even know when that flipped over and went from being news to propaganda opinion maligning slander 24 7 they slander the president of the united states and anybody else that votes with him or believes like him so that's what they did in in europe during the the nazi occupation they they would continually bombard people's ears with the only source of information that was allowed for them to have now you tell me there's no similarity you know people really need to wake up they really need to wake up because this stuff has been done before it's been done and overdone and if anybody gets up every morning just just to listen to something like that they are lending evil into their ears and feeding evil into their hearts so you're going to find people that used to walk with God all of a sudden they're mad at God's people they can't they don't go to church anymore they don't pray anymore they don't intercede they don't give anymore that's why churches are getting emptier and emptier you understand what I'm saying? Because people have now turned from spiritual people. Now we're all political people. So everybody's now being identified by their party. Like it was in, in Nazi. You're either a Nazi. You understand what I'm saying? Or you're not. And so people now have, are being identified by the political God that they serve. Just like the Queen of Heaven in this day, there's the political gods that people serve. And he says, and it's been subtle. You know, it's been subtle. It's been a gradual, you know, remember the, the old analogy they used to say about boiling a frog? You put him in cold water and turn the temperature up gradually. And before he knows it, he's cooked already. Whereas if you put somebody in the hot water, they got sense enough to jump out and save themselves. So what's been happening is people have been indoctrinated little by little by little. They've been coaxed and coerced over into a fixed way of thinking and believing, Christians included. So God wants his people out of that mess. He wants his people to only believe him and his word and line up everything in their lives with it. So I'm warning people. I'm always warning people. I don't get on Facebook and argue with these people. That's pointless. But when God allows me an opportunity to declare a warning, then I declare a warning. I'm not going to just 
keep bombarding people. That's worse propaganda than what they hear already. People aren't listening to that. But God will open the ears of people so that they can hear his voice. That's what you want to hear. You want to hear God's voice. So he said, they didn't listen to me or incline thine ear. He said you speak to them. You tell them these things. He says but you'll tell them this in verse 28. This is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God and don't receive correction. Truth is perished and it is cut off out of their mouth. Cut off your hair, O Jerusalem, and throw it away. In other words, you you Nazarites under a vow. Everybody who's who's faking a vow to God, stop it. And he says, and and take a lamentation on high places, for the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of His anger. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set, they have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. And boy, don't we see that. There's people play street music in church and dance to it. You got me? The whole service. People go in there with their false prophecies. Their low cut women are in the pulpit with low cut, high cut. And it barely meets, meets in the middle. You got me? And so we have to, we have to understand how low we have sunk in God's house. He said they've done evil in my sight. They've set their abominations in the house which I call by my name and they pollute it. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire. That's abortion. Which I commanded them not to do it. And it never came in my heart to, to tell them to do it. So you got people who will, Christians who will side with abortion and say, well in some circumstances, you know, to, to uh, save the mother's life, God wouldn't put you in that position. If it gets there, you pray. And death shall be chosen. And people know that's just a joke. They don't even perform them for that reason. It, it never comes to that. That's old, 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 old medical care. Medical care is so advanced now it seldom, if ever, gets to that point. He said, death shall be chosen rather than life. By all the residue of them that remain in this evil family which remain in all the places where I have driven them says the Lord of hosts. So God says I'm going to separate them out from people who who serve me. Oh I'm sorry I got wait a minute I got ahead of myself there. Oh in verse 32 therefore behold the days come says the Lord that it shall no more be called Tophet nor the valley of the son of Hinnom but they shall uh, bury Tophet till there be no place. Carcasses of this people shall be for meat for the fowls of the earth. In other words so many people going to drop dead after you buried them everywhere you can bury them won't be anybody left alive to bury the ones that stay above ground. So I'm going to let the birds devour their carcasses. You got me? Because God is serious about the shedding of innocent blood and offering up blood to idol gods. Especially when his people are involved in it and the devil has gotten so many Christians to cross that line. Huh? Because you know what he makes you think? You vote this party 
because the other party hates you because of your skin color. So if you don't go over here there's no safety for you. Well number one you can't identify according to your race and be called a son of God at the same time. Because we're a chosen race of people. God's people are. We are new creations in Christ. Old things. You have to shed that old identity totally. You can't put that back up there as an idol in your life to worship anymore. And be right with God. If people don't like you because of their skin color. you got a God that can handle that stuff for you. But they've used, the devil uses labels to control people. Because he'll make you scared of a word and use that word to control you. Just like he uses cancer. He'll control people with cancer. He controls people with high blood pressure. He controls people with labels and with words and titles so that he can get them to bow to him. Hey, though he slay me, I'm still going to, devil, I'm not going to trust you anymore. And I'm serious about that. First day I got saved and I'm still serious about it. Forty years later almost, I'm still serious about it. He says, I'll call to cease from the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem the voice of gladness, mirth, the bride and the bridegroom, for the land shall be desolate. God said, I'd rather wipe it all out than to continue to deal with sinful people who call themselves by my name. So this is a call out to the Christian for whatever reason is not serving God. You got me? But abortion's real high on his list. You know how I know? Because the devil that controls abortion has gotten bolder. So he's daring us. See, he's daring us to defy him. But he's also, with what God's doing with that move, is he's opening the eyes of people who still hold on to that. And he's putting them under conviction. These are the people that you support. Are you still going to push me aside and support those people still? This is what they are really up to. If it wasn't bad enough, they've been cutting, uh, killing and dismembering uh, babies in the womb forever. Since Roe versus Wade. And, and Christians wink at it and still vote for that party that supports it. You understand what I'm saying? But what God is saying now is okay you were saying it wasn't that bad. Because that's what people say in their minds and their hearts to keep doing something that God is telling them is wrong to do. He doesn't support it. You can't support it either if you call yourself a child of God. You just can't do it anymore. So he's making it crystal clear. I thought to myself, I said, God, what is this about? And God says, I'm giving them a warning. He says, I'm giving my people who support this. Well, I don't really support it. Yes, you do. Your vote is down there supporting those people. It's just like the people who uh, didn't support what the Nazis did to the Jews, but they were part of the Nazi party what's the difference how do you not support what they do how can you call identify yourself with them but only a little bit 
verse 8 chapter 8 verse 1 and see you're going to be able to tell people that God is dealing with because of uh, verse 34 I'll cause to cease from them the voice of gladness the voice of the bridegroom the voice of the bride and the land shall be desolate depressed Christians joyless Christians if you try to tell them some encouraging news they bite your head off them kind of Christians so that's how you're going to separate the people who are 100% with God from the people who are mm, you got me so mark that understand that I would have people sometimes I'd be laughing excited about what God's doing could you stop doing that I said, okay, devil. No, I can't. But, you know, I can irritate you to death with it. So I'm laugh even harder. <laughs> and Jeremiah 8. So what God is saying in chapter 7 is not for the ritual offerings and sacrifices. He don't care about your giving. You know, if your heart ain't right with him, he's not having it. He's done. Amen. He says, you give an offering, you might as well eat that yourself. He says, burn offerings, don't, don't leave it there for me, eat it yourself. I don't want it. There will come a time when God will not hear prayers of intercessions for backslidden people. He's dealt with them, okay? Now that's not for you to decide you're not going to pray for them anymore. You don't take that upon yourself. But God will let you know little by little. You'll lose interest. They'll disconnect in a way that you can't really be sure you want to reconnect them again. There was a, a woman I was speaking with and she wanted to wanted me to pray for her. and But she refused to forgive her husband. I said no we're not going to pray. I, I can't enter into agree with Billy Isle. Now, if you can't come to the throne by way of the blood, I have no no agreement with you. Well, I've never heard this before. I said, let this be a new beginning for you then. No, you've heard the truth now. I said, I don't know who you think you're praying with. That's between you and them. I said, but I don't pray with people that don't want to repent and get in the spirit and pray with me. There's no prayer there. Waste my time. You understand me? But you know you ask God to enlighten. Have mercy on the Lord. Enlighten them whatever. Because they're stuck down a road they never should have been entered into to begin with. No you're a so called mature older Christian and you don't know to forgive instantly. You know. You know you don't even think about it. What do you, What's to think about I gotta decide. No, you don't. You gotta repent. Is what you gotta do. You gotta turn off that mindset of re, uh, revenge, retaliation, mad at people, getting even. Turn that off, and ask God to forgive you for entering in there. That's the wrong door. Just that simple. There's no blessing behind that door. What are you doing in there? And God's not in there either. So get out of there, and get over where God is. Jeremiah 8, at that time says the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of his princes and the bones of the priests, the bones of the prophet, the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem 
out of their graves and they shall spread them before the sun and the moon and all the hosts of heaven. In other words God is saying I'm going to bring such great dishonor on people who dishonor me. Whom they have loved and whom they have served and after whom they have walked and whom they have sought and whom they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor be buried. They shall be for dung on the face of the earth says the Lord. So all your little false preachers, false prophets, they'll be brought down to disgrace. God didn't give them those messages. He gives one message. To all of his people, all of his preachers, all of everybody. He's sick of it. He's done with it now. He says, and death shall be chosen rather than life by all the residue of them that remain of this evil family which remain in all the places where I have driven them, says the Lord of hosts. Moreover, you shall say unto them, thus saith the Lord, shall they fall and not arise? Shall he turn away and not return? Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit and refuse to return. Now if that doesn't describe people in this day and age, I don't know what does. There are people who are convinced that President Trump is a racist. That man has photos of him supporting people of all races and or he's a, a a female abuser I mean any kind of lie the enemy can hurl at people he is hurling at them there's no evidence of this yet there are people who refuse to let it go they hold on to it mainly because that's all they can do is hold on to the lie they've been believing But in the meantime they encourage other people to believe it. I see ministers on Facebook. This president lies so much. Well how is he lying? You know that's something you heard and repeated. And there's a devil working in you to destroy you for repeating it. What kind of language is that for people? For Christian people. Instead of spreading the gospel of repentance, you're out talking that kind of, you're using God's platform to say that kind of stuff. But see, people are so deceived. And they don't know they're deceived. See, it's not just a political party choice. This is a good or an evil choice. It's always been. But it's more, and see, Christians refuse to discern and vote good or evil. They want to go. Well, see, I like them because they're they're gonna uh, give my paycheck, and it's always about material things that get promised but never delivered. Now I've watched this thing long enough to see both parties promise everything and can never give you anything. Oh, we couldn't pass that bill because we didn't. We need more people in this in the house so we can get it passed. You put more people in there, they don't pass anything. So everything's being exposed now, folks. Your political people that you clung to as your hope and and what gonna work for you and do things for you, that's gone. That's exposed. So if you really believe these people are going to do something for you. See what it's boiling down to is God is showing people I'm the only one who can help you. 
Can you get on my side and stay on my side? Can you trust me? Can you do my bidding? Can you do my will all the way down the line and don't cross over because you think this is more enticing? Or somebody's convinced you they're going to do this for you and it never happens. Verse 6, I hearkened and heard, but they spoke not aright. No man repented him. Isn't that amazing? God said, I listened for somebody who was going to repent and talk right. He said, I couldn't find anybody. And says, what have I done? Everyone turning to his course as the horse rushes into battle. He says, yeah, the stork in heaven knows her appointed time. And the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people don't even know the judgment or they don't even know what's coming. How do you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? Lo, certainly in vain he made it. The pen of the scribes is in vain. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord. And what wisdom is in them? So if you don't obey God's voice and obey his word, what wisdom is there in you? You get up and do whatever you want to do. You you let evil reign inside of you. You let let you watch wickedness happen to innocent life and you continue to support the people who support that. And you call yourself wise? How is there wisdom in you? What's the source of it? Where is it going to come from if that's your lifestyle? He says the wise men are ashamed, they are dismayed and taken. They have rejected the word of the Lord. And what wisdom is in them? Therefore will I give their wives to others and their field to them that shall inherit them. For every one from the least to the greatest is given to covetousness. From the prophet even to the priest everyone deals falsely. See when people talk more about blessings than conduct and character there's something false in their message it's false because we are constantly gathering people into God's kingdom without repentance we allow people to be comfortable in our gatherings and in our assembly saying that we don't want to turn them off. When did that become a standard for God's kingdom? Now I'm not talking about building your congregation. I'm talking about God's kingdom. If these people don't hear the gospel and repent they will be members of your church that go right to hell and it will be your fault because you never told them. God out of love for them will raise up other people in there to share testimony and so forth but it won't come from the minister. Verse 11, for they have hurt 
they have for they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly just enough to keep them coming saying peace peace when there's no peace it's like the the prophets that keep coming back with the same prophecy about god's gonna do this god's gonna do that get ready get ready get ready god's gonna do this and it never and they keep you coming back oh did you hear what you hear what prophet said you hear what pastor said you hear that and they come back the next day for more of that healing slightly Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No. They were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. In the name of their visitation they shall be cast down, says the Lord. In the time of visitation. In other words, while God's pouring out his glory on people who love his appearing, these people will be cast down. It's time for visitation, but they're going to miss it again. He says I will surely consume them. Verse 13 says the Lord there shall be no grapes on the vine or figs in and all. In other words all your prosperity teaching all your tapes thousands of dollars of tapes that you purchased and listened to faithfully. Doesn't matter. Why do we sit still? Verse 14. Assemble yourselves. Let us enter into the defense cities and let us be silent there. For the Lord our God has put us to silence. Given us the gall of water to drink. Because we have sinned against the Lord. We looked for peace but no good came. And for a time of health but behold trouble. The snorting of the horses was heard from Dan. The whole land trembled at the sound of the neighing of the strong ones. You know they weren't supposed to keep horses for battle right? Uh, Israel was not supposed to and that's that's another sin when they say the snorting of the horses is heard from Dan that's sin to them the whole land trembled at the sound of the neighing of his strong ones for they are come and have devoured the land and all is in it the city and those that dwell therein so anywhere the things that you trusted in are going to come back to consume you and devour you is what the Lord is saying he says, I'm going to send you something, but it won't be good. Serpents, cockatrices, which shall not be charmed, and they shall bite you, says the Lord. When I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. We're seeing an increase of communicable childhood diseases. God is allowing this to show us that we are not listening to him. Now it's coming from known sources. They know for a fact that that many of these immigrants, refugees, illegals and all that, they carry disease. They don't have the same standard we have. And so we're seeing that and then they're allowing them to to come into the general population unchecked and untreated. Now when we first started people coming into this country as legal immigrants they came through New York through Ellis Island but they stayed out on that island until they were cleared and the really the ones who had communicable disease were put back on the boat and sent back where they came from. Amen. There was a remember the story of typhoid Mary. That was rare because they wondered how she got released into the general population with typhoid fever and and 
got it got into the public drinking system in New York and caused many people to fall ill. But they were finally able to trace it down to the source. Amen. And, and deal with her. What they actually found out that Mary was a carrier. They learned something about the disease even though it killed many people. They were able to find out that certain people could build a slow resistance to it. Amen. But they had to now, you know, discover a way to to stop it in people before it got really, really bad. And so these things are happening again. Why? We won't listen to God. We won't do what he tells us to do. We won't live holy before him. And we're winking at sin. We're winking at it. We're looking at it and saying it's not that bad. God understands. Well, certain people can't help themselves. Well, I understand it was, you know, you were going through a difficult time. Hello? Did we hear Henry? We heard our friend Henry Groover. (laughs) Difficult life, didn't he have, Mr. Gary? And he was obedient and serving God. And he still had trials in his health. He still had sufferings, physical sufferings. He had all, but he, his determination was to keep obeying God. And we don't even have people who will, will stand for God in a private place like a voting booth. You got me? <laughs> Nobody sees what you put down there, but it's just you and God in there. And you gotta make sure you're pleasing God everywhere you go. He says, when I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. Behold, the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people, because of them that dwell in a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven image and strange vanities? Strange meaning they're not approved by God. Things that we hold dear, that we cling to, that God has not approved for us. You know, when God opens understanding about spiritual things to you, there are so many things now that line up against that as vain things. They just don't fit in to your life anymore. So it's kind of foolish to pursue them. So you don't put them on the top of the list. You put them in the list of God I'm going to do your work first. And if that's for me I trust you to bring it into my life at the proper time. But I'm not going to waste my time pleading, fasting, praying, going to this seminar and that seminar trying to get something that's a vain thing for me. See, if you get God, you got everything. You know, you just obey the things he puts on your heart to do. You love God, period. I mean, that's, and seek to do his will. You're not trying to hold back anything for you. Craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm thinking, but hold back for you. You got everything. You got God. You got the Trinity you're part of their company 24-7 and you think you lack something? There's something you yet want? He said the gold is mine, the silver is mine. 
What more? I mean, cattle on a thousand hills, that's small compared to gold and silver. And yet you lack something? Seriously? Strange vanities. They who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. That's from Jonah. You know what Jonah's lying vanity was? You know why he he didn't obey God? Went to to uh, was supposed to go to Nineveh. Got on a boat to go to Tarshish. God started kicking up the waters. See, people would say stuff like, "Well, God understands." You know, there was a lot of trauma in Jonah's life at that time and and he was mad at God you can't afford to get mad at God you cannot afford it you cannot afford to get mad at your brother and he's made in the image of God he's less than God in God's eyes but you can't afford to get mad at we can't afford to get mad at each other when Jonah finally did come to his senses took him three days you know before submarines were ever created he had one first man living a submarine three days on the third day the fish belched and Jonah popped out and he was not in good shape but he learned something See, Jonah went in there and them lying baddies. God understands. God ain't going to do nothing. God he ain't serious. That's exactly what Jonah told God. He said, he said uh, when Nineveh repented, he got ticked off. I knew you wasn't going to kill nobody. See, when you're a servant of God and you say, thus saith the Lord, you are a messenger. You're not the message. And Jonah got it twisted. He thought he was the message. That was his lying vanity. Well I'm going in here. And I'm acting all big and bad. Telling people God going to kill them all. And then God lets them go. That makes me look stupid. So when Nineveh repented he was mad. Now see, it's something a little twisted about a holy man that when people turn from disobedience to holiness, he's angry at them. Something's wrong there. Something's wrong. Huh? So God tries to teach Jonah how to look at people with compassion at the end of the story. You know, when the gourd came up and then it, and Jonah was mad because the gourd died so fast. And God said, what's the difference between them and these people? These people are worth more than him. They don't know their right hand from the left. They live in such darkness. Why are you mad about this little plant and you ain't mad about them people dying? You observe lying vanities, you forsake your own mercy. Don't get so caught up in you. Don't let yourself be so important to yourself. You're important to God and that should be more than enough.
Once you understand that you are important to God. Then you will expect good at the hand of the Lord. And it won't be a problem for you to obey him. But if you don't understand that basic thing about your covenant. Why would God withhold anything from us. And he's already put his son to death so that we can live. So are you going to let the devil convince you that you're a nothing and a nobody all of a sudden? And the God of the universe has put his son to death in your place and let you go free? You know, I notice something about people sometimes. I started paying attention to people who... Um, uh, there's some people now who have been released from prison because they found that they were falsely convicted. And I noticed something about them. I have not observed one that was angry, bitter. I mean, they'll sue and get, because they were wrongly convicted, they're owed that. They're owed some type of, of reparations for the time that was taken out of their lives where they couldn't have been productive. But I've yet to see anybody bitter, angry. You know what? Before God will release us from that kind of stuff, we already have to be repentant and forgiven and pure of heart before God will even hear that prayer. There are tons of people who are falsely accused. Tons of them. You know, and and until they get that right in them, they ain't going nowhere. Look at Joseph. Mad at his brothers. (laughs) When they did show up, he had thoughts in his head to get even. But every time he wanted to, he bust out crying. God. God had done a work in him. Remember he he interpreted dreams for the butcher and the baker. Told him, don't forget me. It was two years. Forgot him for two years. He wasn't done yet. He was still looking out for himself instead of trusting God to get him out of there. These are simple lessons. But we got to live like that every day. You can't start out like that and then get selfish. So what God was saying here in Jeremiah chapter 8. He says. uh, um, Okay let me finish this up. Verse 19. Jesus, behold the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people because of them that dwell in the far country is not the Lord in Zion is not her king in her why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images and with strange vanities the harvest is past summer is ended and we are not saved for the hurt of the daughter of my people am I hurt so God doesn't want to do this he says, I am black. Astonishment has taken hold on me. Or this is a prophet speaking the heart of God. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Because they won't repent. Your health will be spring forth speedily. God's made provision for everything you need. But if you don't repent and go God's way, there's not going to be much for you. Jeremiah 8 tells us, says, my people do not know the requirement of the Lord. So God's enlightening them. Compromise and intimidation abound. In this day, many call good evil and evil good. 
In Jeremiah's day, the prophet and the priest misled the people to think that there was mercy still for them because of their experiences with God in the past. So God begins to warn them by reminding them of his law through the prophet Jeremiah. They begin to say they are wise. And God's law is with them even when they're doing wrong. When Christians are challenged to stand against abortion because it is God's order to not shed innocent blood, they are silent. Not only should we pray against it, but we must follow up your prayer with appropriate action. Where the devil hurls accusation against the righteous, you still have to follow up with appropriate action. People like Oprah Winfrey shout her abortion as something that was good in her life. She says it was the best thing that happened to her. Now God is grieving his people giving his people another chance to stand against this evil we see that because people are enacting laws that allow abortion after birth it's not an abortion then it's murder okay it's murder before that too because it's taking a life if it is not obvious now how evil abortion is there is no hope for people who continue to support it and its proponents God's people can no longer turn a blind eye or a deaf ear. The blood of the murdered unborn cries out for vengeance and God will give it. We need to pray Ephesians 1 for the body of Christ that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. Because that's the only thing that's going to save them is that God mercifully opened their eyes. In a time when God visits the earth with his glory, they will fail. They will say it's not a big thing. They will, because you'll be immune to God's power if you don't get in the flow of his spirit. If you don't repent and get your mind renewed, you know, your mind will, will be condemned. It will turn reprobate if you continue to think like the world. It just will. You continue to make excuses for sin. Make excuses for not repenting. All of this kind of stuff. You continue to do that. God can turn you over to a reprobate mind. And the goodness of God will be all around you. And won't be able to partake of it. I mean you see it in our meetings anyway. I was telling Miss Clydell. I said I said, you had a pretty hot corner. I said but that one sister. I said she comes year after year after year. I said she stands at the altar and sticks her hands out. And nods her head and shakes her hand and goes back the same way. She came up there. I said she's not receiving anything. Not what God has for her. You understand what I'm saying. She's just like these people doing it lip service. You know, we have wis- we have God's wisdom with us, and we have this, and we have that. Yeah, but he's pouring out something fresh and something new. He's pouring out in our midst all of the time. Why are you not receiving what he has prepared for you? There are tons of people like that. God showed me mercifully how to help people to learn how to receive when they come to the altar. 
Or I could do like most ministers. Touch them and if they don't get anything go home. You understand what I'm saying? But but sometimes you're graced to minister instruction to them. So that they can receive what God has for them. Pastor Bishop Russell said we had a lot of testimonies at church about how people received last night. And I'm thinking to myself how many years you've been coming here bringing the same people. You understand? But that was their time. You know, that was their mercy time as well. You understand what I'm saying? So you do what you can do as a minister and as a believer to minister truth to people and let God settle these things. But I'm telling you, there are people who think they have it all already. I'm wise. I have this from God. I have that. I'm full and not hungry. I'm, I don't need anything. I'm just coming up here uh, as a courtesy to you. You know, I support your ministry. No, you don't. Because you don't know how to receive from what God's given here. And so you're not, God never sends you to any meeting to support anybody. He sends you there to receive something for yourself. Religious people. Let's go out and support so-and-so. You know, I don't want you here. You don't come to support me. You come to get what God has for you. We we cool. Minister means I serve your needs while I'm up here in this pulpit. You got me? You receive what God has for you. And it's all good. You don't want to receive it when nobody coerces anybody around here. But don't waste your time. You understand what I'm saying? Alright, why don't we stop. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for this day you've made for us to rejoice and be glad in. And we are glad in this day. And glad for you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you. I just need some true worshipers to stand to your feet down here. Come on. Ooh, do you have a